ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Taryn Weigand. We get into her brand, Future of Hunting, enjoying the outdoors with your kids, finding that balance between family life and time in the woods. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Taryn Weigand. Taryn, I appreciate your time. Uh, We've been trying to get on and do this for a little while now, and life is what life is. So thank you for making this happen. I appreciate it greatly. Oh, I'm excited to finally get to sit down and talk with you. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely excited for this. Uh, What you're doing um, with the future of hunting and your kids and everything is is something that I'm very, very much so passionate about. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into this. So why don't we just jump right in? Why don't you give us an intro and some background? Uh, on my personal hunting yeah, life. Yeah, let's talk about Taryn. Yeah, let's talk about Taryn okay. first, and then we'll get into everything else. Okay, cool. So um, I'm from a small town uh, in Northwest Oregon, just outside of Portland. And uh, pretty much my childhood involved a lot of sports and uh, outdoor activities. My dad was a hunter before he met my mom, and she knew from the very beginning that if she wanted to have time with my dad, that she was going to learn to hunt and fish too. So (laughs) she was one of those women that decided to jump right in. And uh, so they just raised me and my three siblings very much in the outdoors. Um, We never did like the Disneyland vacations growing up. We did a lot of just outdoor camping trips and hunting and fishing trips. And um, so I've been out in the woods from a very young age. And that's probably why I'm so passionate about raising my family that way now it's because that's how I was raised and uh, with a fishing pole in my hand and following my dad around before I could ever hunt um, with him while he was shooting mule deer and uh, those are some of my earliest 
past memories. And uh, that's kind of led me to where I am today. So, yeah. So the, the values that you pulled out of that as a, as a kid growing up in the outdoors mm-hmm. have to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know what? I feel like I think about this all the time now. Um, you don't really appreciate it as a kid as much, you know, you know, you're out having fun, but you just don't really see the importance of things when you're a kid, you know, you don't realize how special it is. But now that I'm raising my, you know, a family that way, I really am like, wow, I'm so lucky that I got to do that and have those experiences as a child. And it's kind of led me to where I am now. And, um, yeah, just core values. And really the one thing I keep coming back to on is just the time, like the time that I got to spend with my dad, like connecting over something that we both loved and my mom and my siblings. And just that time together is so special. So, And there's not much distraction when you're out outdoors, right? I mean, you're focused on fishing or you're focused on hunting and you know, there's an yeah, end there's result really you're hoping not. for. But you oh, don't always. have, the, you don't have <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't have that distraction, right? So that time is just, it, it almost stands precious. still, yeah. It almost stands still, especially mm-hmm. in the memories. Yeah, it's just precious time. And like I said, I don't feel like you realize it when you're a kid growing up, but you certainly do looking back. And I just posted like a little novel about this the other day on social. I was just, it's just really been on my heart lately. It's just really special that I've been doing some bear hunting with my dad lately, and we're both new bear hunters. We never bear hunted growing up. Oh, awesome. And it's so fun to get to like do it together and kind of learn together and both be adults and just reflecting back on my childhood and all the things that he taught me. And now we're getting to like dive into this side by side and kind of both lead each other. And it's just like, it's such a cool thing that we get to do that. And I really appreciate it now. How's that bear hunting been going? (sighs) Well, I was super eager right when the season kicked off and um, we're down in Southwest Oregon hunting. So it's about a three and a half hour drive and we make day trips. (laughs) So we're kind of crazy. Uh, we've seen two bears. Uh, one I actually took a crack at and I still am dumbfounded how I missed it. I'm embarrassed to say. So, um, we've been out three different times. We did a weekend and then two day trips and we've only seen the two bears, but I think now they're really just kind of coming out from everything that I've been seeing online and reading. So I think next weekend, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to spend the next two weekends in May, down there for full weekends, hopefully find another one. So like I said, we're new at it and uh, we're learning a lot every time we go down there and it's a whole new area. So we're learning a lot about the land and just how it all connects. And, but I feel like from this year and like the five or six trips I've gone down there, I've seen three bears total. So I'm like, well, we're not doing it. We're doing okay. We're actually seeing, we're seeing bears. (laughs) Well, there's guys, I've been talking to guys in Oregon and uh, yeah, there's guys that haven't seen, you know, hide nor hair of one. So yeah, you're doing. Yeah. So we feel like we're doing all right. I wish I would have already had my tag notch, but I'm hoping I get another chance. Yeah. We always want that, that quick road to success, but yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Um, lost my train of thought there for a second. I was going to ask you. I know the bears are distracting. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. That That is, at least it seems to be a pretty big deal, an Oregon tradition, if you will, right? A spring tradition. Mm-hmm. Everybody that yeah. I talk to in Oregon is just jacked up on bears right now. <laughs> it's so funny because I didn't even, 
no, like up until this year, you could buy an over-the-counter Southwest Oregon spring bear tag, if, but you had to buy it like right away because they would sell out uh, everywhere else was a draw. And um, this year was the first year that they made even Southwest Oregon a draw. And luckily my dad and I both drew it still. But um, we never were really bear hunters. I think it's because my dad was always focused on springer fishing in the spring. Like he hunted hard in the fall and did his deer and elk, all, you know, and then maybe some bird hunting in the winter, some like uh, pheasant hunting over east. But he just really never, he, my parents never turkey hunted. They never bear hunted because they were always spring salmon fishing. So um, it's not that they weren't outdoor recreating in some way. It's just the bear thing was not on our radar growing up. So it's totally new to me. And I'm, we're kind of, it's so fun. <laughs> well, that's awesome too, right? Is, yeah. is to take what you were talking about in those, in those memories and, and how that's been on your heart and the value that you find in it now. And then to go experience that with your father as yeah. an adult, right? I mean, that just has to bring it full circle. That's, yeah. It does. It's really fun. It's really fun that we get to do it together. I just really appreciate it. And I love it. My dad is so excitable when it comes to the outdoors. I mean, so excitable. When he finds out that we're going to go hunting. I mean, I'm at like softball practice with my daughter and I'm getting text messages of like GPS locations. And <laughs> oh, I talked to Bob so-and-so and he said there's bears in this canyon. You know, I mean, he just gets so excited. And it's fun to do. We're very cut out of the same mold, my dad and I. So <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Amazing. So what else? What's your main go-to when you're out in the woods chasing animals? Animal-wise? Mm, well, I never was an, I never did our, any type of archery hunting growing up because my parents both just rifle hunted. Um, so now that my husband introduced me to archery hunting, um, I've been archery elk hunting for the last two years and I've had like the most incredible two seasons of my life hunting anything. So it, it's hard to not put that at the top of the list. Archery elk has just pretty much taken over my, my, <laughs> my passion for yeah, the outdoors. I think, I think that's most of us that walk down <laughs> oh, that path. It is. Gosh, uh, I just had no idea. I had, <laughs> had no idea until I got in it, how amazing it was. <laughs> Where have you been my whole life? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like being able to hunt an animal like elk in the rut and get actually getting to communicate with them and have that communication and that connection with an animal where you're like playing cat and mouse with them is so amazing. Like you never get that in Oregon rifle hunting. So, I mean, it was a, a brand new experience for me. Yeah, they're, so. uh, they're amazing creatures. Amazing. They are. They're massive. They'll frustrate massive. the heck out of you too. You think you got Oh, them. tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced every high and every low in the last two seasons. And I'm hoping that going into 2019 will be a better outcome. But I mean, it's been, it has been ups and downs and everything that everybody says about bow hunting. I have experienced and, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's why we keep that's wanting to exactly. come back. So are you guys hunting <laughs> east or west of that uh, five freeway there? Are you hunting the rosies? Or the we, we hunt rosies. So Oof. I keep asking Brad to go east because I just really love central and eastern Oregon. Um, but I started uh, bow hunting rosies because that's what Brad hunted. And, um, and I've got to say, he's right. I mean, they really are. It's, it's, you get hooked on them. I mean, I have been five yards from monster bulls more times than I can count over here and not had shot opportunities because of how thick it is, but I've still experienced them at such a close range where I've seen their nostrils flail through like through bushes. 
like where I feel like I could have jumped on them, but I couldn't shoot them. So, I mean, there it's an obsession. That that is definitely the draw for me west of that mm-hmm. five freeway up there in Oregon. Yeah, I mean that mm-hmm. rainforest nastiness, and everybody says, "Oh, that's kind of crazy." Just you know, if you're gonna go to Oregon and go hunt Rockies, but there's just something. Yeah, about that. but it's so. Yeah, there's something about it. It's just there's nothing else like it. Like over east, you get those big open, you know, open grass, whatever, you know. <laughs> but like here, it is thick and half the time I'm like literally like crawling my way through sticker bushes or horrible reprod where I'm just like telling myself what are you doing like this is the worst thing you've ever done (laughs) and then an hour later you have like the most insane encounter and you're just high on life and it's like that's why you do it so and it's kind of weird to equate right if you're five six seven yards away from a bull and you can't get a shot most people would go you kind of oh. lose your lose your ish, right? <laughs> no way. It's like my first year, my very first time out. Gosh, I had this monster bull and I saw him. We played cat and mouse with him for like, I want to say like three hours. He was with his cows and Brad and I had never had an encounter like this where he finally just got mad enough because they were already bedded. And he finally just got mad enough that he finally left his cows and charged and came came straight for us like a canyon over and he came up the canyon but I couldn't see where he was coming up at because I was right on like the tip of this ridge and he I was hoping he would come up in front of me where I could have a shot and he literally came up right behind me this bull this giant bull and I couldn't even turn my body and I could just see him out of the corner of my eye and he was all webbed out I mean literally five yards away from me Wow! it was just the most insane thing I was I was my adrenaline after that. I mean, he, he probably was there for about five seconds and then he stalled me and bolted out. But I was just like, (laughs) I could not get over how cool it was. I mean, I was so excited, you know, that haunting mental picture though, of having to, you know what I mean? Uh, Having to walk, watch him walk away is, Oh, walk away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, like, Oh man. Oh yeah. It's just so amazing. I mean, I've had so many cool experiences in the woods. I'm just, I'm hoping I get to put my tag on one soon. So, <laughs> so how did the 2018 season go for you? Mm, I went good. I shot a black tail. That, that was always nice. I filled the freezer with that. I just made venison burgers last night this morning or for lunch today. And, uh, Brad and I, neither of us tagged out on a bull last year. Uh, we had a lot of amazing encounters. I learned a lot last year. Um, I actually started calling for the first time last year. So I learned to bugle. I learned how to cow call. And I went out a lot by myself for the second half of the season. Probably because Brad and I just get frustrated hunting, <laughs> hunting with each other so much. And, you know, and when you have kids, you kind of have to like Split take that. turns, right. right? Split that time. So we hunt the West Side so we can just like go out and be in the woods 10 minutes from our house. You know, we don't have to like drive hours to go hunt Rosie's. And uh, so we kind of just take turns. He'll be like, oh, I'm going out tonight. Okay. I'll go out tomorrow night. You know, if we don't have a babysitter. So, uh, I, it made me have to learn how to call and which was really good. I finally got over my fear of, it's kind of intimidating. I feel like I'm not the only woman that feels that way or maybe guys too, but like, there's something about, you don't see very many women elk hunting and, or especially just like calling too. And so to getting started and that is a little bit intimidating, but finally I just started doing it at home and stuff for myself when no one was there. And then finally one day I was like, Hey Brad, and I, and I did it. And he was like, Oh, that's not bad. And so I just 
when we'd be out hunting together, I'd be like, okay, let me try it. Let me try it. And then I started doing it. And then it got to the point where we were like rusting to ridges to see who could get there and bugle first. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm pretty competitive also. So I think that's, I have that inside me that I want to be, I want to be able to do what he can do. And you know, it's just the competitive nature I have and he does too. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. But that, I was going to say that has to be fun though, right? Sharing that experience with your significant other and being able to compete and Mm -hmm. you know, that just adds to that whole thing. It does. He always shoots a bigger buck than me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he is just the luckiest person I know. So yeah, I was going to say that's probably <laughs> luck of the draw. Cause most of the time you hear it the other way around. Yeah. He shot his buck the first day he hunted this year. I mean, he just, I was, I was out for hours and days and, you know, I put in the time and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like his, the bucks that he has shot the last few years are just like so random. And I'm like, you are just the luckiest person in the world. Like mine could have been a big buck that walked out, but no, it's a fork and horn. <laughs> <laughs> You know, is, and is I just have scouting? a hard time passing up. No, no, no he's just flat out lucky, <laughs> flat out lucky, flat out luck. But yeah. Or, or is he just telling you that? Cause you know, we have a way of, uh, of skating some stuff. Sorry, no, Brad. no, he literally <laughs> is. He, I'm not kidding. He is the luckiest guy when it comes to blacktail. Like one time, two years ago, he was working. So we're in construction for work. He's a builder and we do some property management and stuff. And he was building a custom home for some friends of ours. And it was like just one of those perfect blacktail mornings. And I can't remember if I had already shot a buck or not. Um, I think I was probably, no, I wasn't. I wasn't tagged out yet. And I went and I called him. I'm like, hey, why don't I come pick you up? Let's go drive this road system. And we'll just see like if we can find it here. It was just one of those perfect rainy Oregon days. And he's like, sweet. So I had the kids also. And I went and picked him up from the job site. And we just went into the woods. And literally, as we start driving in the woods, there's just deer everywhere. I mean, there's does and bucks. Because as soon as the rain comes down, they move. And it's like the best days to get out. And so what we would do when we had the twins is we would just drive out to little, like we have all these little walks that you can do. Like you can make a loop and like, 20 minutes or a 10 minute loop or, and, you know, overgrown grassy roads or, or whatever. And so we get to this one knob and Brad's like, I'm just going to go like for a little 10, 20 minute walk, like just chill. I'm like, okay, like I'll be here. He gets out of the car and like 10 minutes later he shoots. I'm like, you got, (laughs) you have got to be kidding me. And we, this was two years ago, I think. And we have the twins in the car and I'm like, what am I going to do? I have the Bob double stroller in the back and it's raining. And I like, he finally runs up or he calls me or radios me. I don't remember. He's like, I just shot a monster. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding me, Brad. And he's like, yeah, it was like in this big fern, fern like bowl. And he went out there and he did this little like grunt call. I don't even remember which one it was. Some little primos call. And he kind of just grunted and he just saw like a teeny bit of movement. And then he lost it. He put his binos up, did it again. And then like he saw an ear twitch and that's, you know, all it is sometimes. And he saw this big old buck, went down to it. He was a beautiful, like big, heavy, red, tall, black tail, three point with eye guards. I mean, bucks that we don't see ever out here. Like we see little tiny cagey bucks where we live. And this thing, well, now it's mounted on our wall. And it's just, it's massive for what we usually see. And I'm just, like I said, he is the luckiest guy 
in the world. Luckiest guy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I can go on and on. <laughs> I'll stop. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> so how did how did you manage? Did he he ended up handling everything his himself? I'm assuming, right? Because the twins at that time had to be about two years old. Oh yeah. So I put him in. This is a funny story. So I put him in the Bob double stroller, and I wheeled him out on this ridge. It, it must have been like an old. There was I could kind of get him out to the end of this knob, but then it dropped off a really long ways. So I wheeled him out to the end of this ridge in the woods in their stroller, and I had to like lift it up over some down logs. <laughs> and I had like a I had a rain fly for the stroller, so I kind of just like bundled them all in. And uh, then I skirted down. Probably it was only probably I don't know fifty yards down the drop off. And went down and grabbed some videos and photos of him while the twins were up on the knob that I could see him. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then he had to do all the dragging and getting it out by himself because I was on mommy duty. So it's it takes teamwork. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. But again, Lots that experience with the entire family is second to none. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Once we got it up on the landing, we took the twins out and let them. These are some of my favorite photos we have of the twins we let them out and they had these cute little plaid hats on and they were just like looking at the buck and touching it and touching its horns. And they were just thought it was amazing. So every year if, if we have them or if we're able to get the kids up in the woods, when we shoot a deer or an elk, we try to get them out there with us because it's just fun to have them experience it. So them like, go get them out path. of school. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's lead them right down so, that path. Let's just lead them down it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Start them young. So that yep. kind of opens the door for us, right? Future of hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, Future let's of jump hunting. into that beautiful topic. Oh, yes. It's awesome. Um, I'm kind of scattered right now. Um, future of hunting. It's kind of just evolved, honestly. I started a blog a few years ago. I saw all these like, I like had all these little stories I want to share. I'm like, I'm just going to start a blog about family and stuff and I started sharing about my family outdoor adventures and I just, I kept having people reach out to me and be like, Oh wow, like this is great. Or you should start selling shirts or you should start a podcast or this is really neat. I love what you're doing. And so then I, I was like, well, I want it to be more about me instead of just my family adventures. So then I came up with the idea, like the future of hunting, like our kids are the future of hunting. And I just wanted it to be like a, uh, just kind of be a voice and share about raising kids in the outdoors and how good it is for them and families. And I started, I, you know, I got some kind of team members and rallied them around, rallied them up. And we started sharing blogs from everybody. And then I started the apparel line and just statement t-shirts for the whole family. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to have a way that I can contribute other than just like sharing information to the future of hunting. So with that, I donate 10% of the sales to raise them outdoors and um, whom I just adore. I love Erin who founded that and her passion to pass on hunting to the next generation. So I help support them financially and help with their summer camps. And uh, anyways, that's kind of how the apparel thing started. I just wanted to figure out a way that I could help support other than, you know, financially. So, um, yeah, but other than that, it's really just a voice to kind of, um, empower our future generations and parents to like, I know that there's a lot of parents out there that are like, Oh, I, once I have kids, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do this anymore. Or, 
you know, it's going to, life gets too busy. How am I going to keep hunting and do all these activities when I have kids or, you know, do I have to choose one or the other? And I've had people like ask me about that before. And I'm just like, no, you know, like you just, (laughs) it takes a, it takes a team and it takes a village, but it's totally possible. And it's so good for kids to spend time outdoors. And so I just want it to be really a community and an encouraging place for people, you know, that's really all it is. Yeah. It's just a place to share information and, and, uh, yeah, inspire other people to get out and do it with their kids and pass it on. So what would you say the importance of passing that, that heritage and that outdoor passion is? Oh, I hate this question because I feel like I could just go. (laughs) I feel like I could talk on and on and on and ramble in circles because it's a loaded question because really it's different to every person. You know, like, like I said to you, one of the things that I cherish the most about my time in the outdoors, I mean, it's a really personal question. It's like, what do you value? And like, I value the time and I value the time that I have with my dad. And as I pass things on to my kids, you know, I value that time with them and I hope that they appreciate it. And then, um, but there's obviously so many reasons why the outdoors are good for kids. I mean, you take a kid in the outdoors and you teach them out about hunting and you teach them where their food comes from. You teach them, you know, dedication and hard work and discipline and patience to be able to go out there day after day after maybe never seeing a deer. And then finally, you know, the fifth or sixth day getting an opportunity. Um, you can just, you can teach so many values to kids, um, in the outdoors. So, um, gosh, I don't even know where I was going with that. So I'll I'll let you gather your thoughts and I'm going to just go back to something that you just said. So that kind of struck me when you said people are like, Oh, I I don't know that I'll be able to do it. Right. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I have the time for that, but Mm -hmm. it would, you almost, especially if you grew up, in that life to not see the value in, in you would have to put your blinders on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so we need to see the value as a parent in what it's passing down. I don't know that that kind of stumps me. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's hard sometimes getting your kids out in the outdoors, even at an, like at a really early age, or even, you know, when you're really teaching them just first how to hunt, like in Oregon, you can start the mentored youth program when they're nine. Um, which I can't wait for because Jordan is like a year out from that. Um, you, you realize that it's more about them at that point and really less about yourself. Right. Like the Absolutely. time that you're taking your kids out, like we're going to take our kids shed hunting today. Okay. So that means that we're not going to get to go to any of the places that I really want to shed hunt because the kids are not going <laughs> because the kids are not going to be able to walk there. They don't want to touch anything that's pokey. They're going to cry over any sticker bush that comes into contact with them. Um, you have to pack a bazillion snacks and water and ten other things that you didn't realize you needed. And you're not going to have as much fun as if you were just going out shed hunting for yourself. And you're probably not going to find a shed. So you're doing it when you bring your kids, you're doing it for them because you're doing it to introduce them to the outdoors. So you can spark something in them to get excited about, you know, and I think that that shed hunting is just an example, but is any outdoor activity with the kids when they're really little, it's really not as much about you, but it's about them. So I think you just have to remember that and know before you go out that, okay, this might not be the best fishing trip of my life, but my kids 
might get to reel in their fish first fish and that's really cool right so, so you just kind of like change your thinking well, it's tempering <laughs> your expectations right because i, exactly. I know for me i want to go mm-hmm. out and i want to i want to harvest an animal or i want to you know catch that that fish but mm-hmm. tempering that expectation and saying like you said right okay you know especially when they're when they're younger right your your twins are four years yeah, old right? little. so mm-hmm. i can't imagine mm-hmm walking into the, I, I did it with one and he started when he was five two of them at mm-hmm. four tantrums, oh, gosh. <laughs> tantrums. <laughs> arguments. i want my mommy yeah. right i mean that's all stuff that you have to realize as you're walking into the woods right and i yeah. think to a point if, mm-hmm. if our expectations aren't tempered then we're going to put a pressure on the situation and they're not going to enjoy it as much as they could have because we're not paying exactly. attention to the reason that we're out there, right? And it's exactly it's the the it's four them. little legs trailing three, four, five feet mm-hmm. belong or behind you that uh, exactly don't really feel like they belong out there at that any given moment. I know, especially out here and all these ferns. It's like they're as tall as they are. <laughs> they just the ferns are so tall over here on the west side, and it's like they just eat the twins. So. You really got to be careful about, you just have to change your expectations and kind of just switch, switch your way of thinking and realize it's more about them and their experiences. And you're planting the seeds for them, really. You know, you're creating those very first memories for them. And, you know, if you're really awesome, bring a shed and hide it and then let them find it. So they think that they found their, yeah, they <laughs> found first, their first shed. <laughs> like that's cool, right? <laughs> So yeah, you'll just I don't have know, to live another... with the guilt of it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'll forget. They're only four. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. The twins reeled in some fish the other day at Vernonia Lake. We took them out there and they caught a little trout and that was super fun. Obviously, if Brad, you know, had it his way, he'd probably be out springer fishing. But you you just kind of shift your time and say like, today's going to be for the kids. So I'm going to do something that they're going to find success at. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's all about balance. Yeah, definitely. But, um, I know that you would ask me why, why is it important raising or passing on the hunting heritage, hunting heritage. And I think another reason it's so important, like in today's world versus, you know, 40 years ago or even 20 years ago. I mean, let's, let's look back before social, social media came into play and what everything was doing was going online for the world to see. Um, like now it's so, so, so important for us as hunters and parents to like take the time and teach our kids about it. Because I feel like personally, I feel like if we don't, if we aren't very direct about it, that I don't know that hunting and like that they will always have the things that we've had, you know, in our lives growing up, because it just kind of seems like there's a war on, you know, like the second amendment, guns, hunting, like really, isn't it California right now where I just read that they're trying to ban bobcat hunting? Yes. That, that was, yeah. yeah, they they already took the trapping away. So now they're after, you know, hunting. It's just one, it's just one thing. They get one thing and then they go for the next thing. And it's just in Oregon, it was like they took away hounds for cat hunting. Now there's a bazillion cats and they don't, I mean, if they had it their way, there would be no cat hunting period, yeah, you know, well, we don't have because it. they don't, we don't have, you it. don't no, have it in California. Can't hunt them at all. At all. Oh Lord. Yeah. yeah. And you always see stuff on the news about them showing up in people's like on people's porches and oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I feel like now it's just so important if we want our kids to be able to have the same opportunities that we've had um, growing up that we need to be really diligent about 
teaching them about wildlife conservation and why we hunt and, you know, who the real conservation groups are and how fish and wildlife contributes like all this money for the animals because we love the animals. So, and we want them to be around longer and we want them to be well-managed. And um, I just think it's really, it's really our responsibility as sportsmen to pass that on to our kids. So it's great that we pass it on. Right. So I'm going to challenge us yeah. both a little bit. Right. Cause you, you were saying some stuff there and it made me think the audience, right. So the audience mm-hmm. that we have, Mm-hmm. It's great for us to pass that on, right? And and we constantly hear, you know, the baby boomers, they're they're getting to that peak age. And I forget what that age range is, but typically they're saying 70 years old, people stop hunting, right? So yeah. in, I think they say it's something like 14 years or 15 years, we'll see a 30% mm-hmm. decline because most baby boomers wow. will hit that 70% mark. So mm-hmm. if we're passing it down, mm-hmm. um, how do we, that's one thing, but how do we, change the audience how do we get you know maybe the people like for me here in in southern california it's an urban center right i mean 80 yeah. miles in mm-hmm. any direction it's urban center how do yeah. we change that audience and affect that younger generation to expose them to it you know what i'm glad that, that you're talking about this i um i feel like people that are doing a really good job at this are because like the field to plate thing is so kind of popular right now, I would say not even just in hunting or not just for the hunters, but I feel like shows like meat meat eater. And, um, I've the audience for that show is not just hunters, right? Like, because it's so much about cooking, they have a huge audience that is, that are people that have never hunted, but it also introduces them to the hunting world in like a really kind of cool trendy way, you know, cause they're taking it from the land. And so it, I think it's really about how we present what we do. Like Meat Eater took this thing, which is all hunting, but they put a spin on it. Let's make it just about the food. And it, it's blown up to oh, people yeah. that, are have, that are not hunters, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think it's really about how we, how we present ourselves. And because we have, say, social media outlets now, everything that we put out there is so important. I think if people could make there's make it more about the story and the experience and uh, the traditions and just the life lessons that they learn from being in the woods is instead of just being like, Oh, look at this buck that I shot and killed, you know, like you have to be very careful about your messaging and how you're putting things out there into the world nowadays. Um, that's just socially, obviously, but also like invite somebody to come out hunting with you, invite somebody to come shoot bows with you. Just today, I had a girlfriend. I used to be a, a blazer dancer for the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm pretty sure that none of the girls that I've danced with have ever hunted, like <laughs> ever. <laughs> and maybe they have a little bit. I'm not sure. I don't want to say that, but I don't recall any of my teammates ever being hunters. Um, but one of my girlfriends today responded to something. I posted a YouTube video about archery 3d archery and she's like oh that looks so fun like ha 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 and I was like you know I have an extra bow at home it's like a base bow tech that you can crank up so she could shoot it right now I could crank it down for her and I was like you should come out and I would love to take you shooting like I know you would love it like it's super fun she's super outdoorsy anyways and she's like oh I would love that like tell me when so I think it's up to us I mean that's just like a segue thing right like introduce someone to archery 
take that opportunity talk to them about hunting. Like, you know, maybe don't take them big game hunting, take them turkey hunting, or just take them along with you or take them shed hunting or take them fishing. Fishing is a great like middle thing because people, I feel like their feelings towards fishing aren't as strong as maybe feeling towards shooting a deer. Like it just seems there's a little bit of a separation there, but there are certainly things that we could do as sportsmen to not just pass it on to our kids, but you know, invite a friend or, you know, it's, but it's really up to us because if we're not doing it, I feel like it's going to get, it's going to get, there's going to be continuous fight on it I, and a, a, a real war. So <laughs> isn't that what we're, <laughs> it feels like that's what we're in now. I mean, it feels <laughs> like it. It does. I can't, I made some notes about this before I talked to you and I was just kind of jotting down something. And I said, like, a fight. And I crossed it out. I wrote war. Like, it I mean, feels like a war. <laughs> it really does. I mean, everything. You go through post and you'll, you know, you'll look at something and you'll go, you know, that's a beautiful animal. And then you'll scroll yeah. down and you'll see the comments and you're like, oh, my goodness. Right. There's oh, 60 comments. Horrid. Yeah. And there's 55 Horrible. of them that are, you know, I hope your skin falls off. And Oh, you know, and can you imagine ever saying that to somebody? It's, cra- it's like, the craziest ever? thing. It is the no, it's craziest crazy. thing. They're very, uh, the people, well, I went to the Steve Rinella, uh, gosh, a predator seminar a couple years ago in Portland. And he was talking about, there's the people, there's the small percentage of people that hunt. And then there's a teeny percent of people that, and he had the numbers of people that are anti-hunters. But then there's this huge area in between that are really just like, oh, whatever. Maybe they don't hunt, but they don't really have feelings either way. Like they're kind of just in the middle. So you obviously can't go to a, you know, an anti-hunter and change their mind. There's just really not much you can do about them. But you can be really specific and careful about your messaging and your intentions about that middle group of people. And, you know, those are the people that you want to, like, Mm -hmm. get to know and have conversations with. I mean, maybe it's just a conversation. But it is hard (laughs) as hell not Mm -hmm. to get into what ends up being a pissing match with Mm. someone with those comments. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have to ignore them. (laughs) I just delete them. I delete them. Every time I get them, I delete them. I don't leave them on my page on any social networks. Yeah. It, for me, I I don't have the energy. Um, yeah. I would just get pissed. But, I mean, I see some of them and it's like I, I, I just – I'll never understand how you can take that stance without even having an intelligent conversation about why we do what yeah. we do. Right? I mean, just they, – they, they don't want walls. to. They don't want to. There's if people don't want to talk about it, you can't force somebody. So you just have to, you know what? I'm gonna brush that off, and we're gonna focus on that middle group of people that right. are open minded. Right. You know, because you can't, you can't do anything about it. Take and you don't ground. see hunters, hunters running around posting on vegetarians' sites. You know, d- horrible things. You know, we we don't. Who has time for yeah, that? That's I don't have, crazy. I don't. I don't know. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's the only thing to say about it. It is the weirdest thing. I'll I'll never understand it. I'll get stuck on it 8,000 more times. It just, it puzzles me. And we're open-minded, right? We, and I've said that before, we will respect your opinion and option not to do what we do. And we'll never look down on you for it. Absolutely. Not everybody has to be a hunter and that is okay. Like, I'm not going to tell you that you have to be a hunter. I understand that not everybody wants to do that, 
but it's the aggression and the anger from the other side that is really kind of off-putting. Yeah, a little bit off-putting. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And well, it's really sad when they go on and you know they focus on one person. You know these groups, and then they just attack them all over the place. You know, like the people that go over to other countries and do the safari hunts and stuff, and then somebody gets a hold of a photo, it goes on the news, and then their whole world are getting death threats, and all their family goes through threats. I mean, it's just really, it's really horrible and sad. I wouldn't want that on anybody just for going and, and going hunting and pursuing something so. that you find value in and passionate about. And most of them are keyboard warriors. So they're keyboard warriors. Exactly. You just have to remember that. Well, take it with a grain of salt and really just ignore it altogether yeah. and yeah. <laughs> move on. Move on. <laughs> yep. So what, uh, what do you got planned for the kids coming up or the, so your daughter is eight. And you said daughter's she, eight. So does she? She will get to mentor youth hunt next fall. So this fall she'll be eight. So next fall she will get to mentor youth hunt in the fall. So for deer season, we'll probably one of us or grandma will let her. We'll, we'll sign her up for the program, and uh, so basically she doesn't get her own tag, but she is able to shoot any of our animals under that program. So oh, I could wow. take her out one day and I could be like, okay, Jordan, like I'm going to let you shoot my deer on my tag. So I would be the one that takes it. And, um, she could shoot my animal for me or Brad could take her out the next day and be like, okay, I think you can only have one weapon. Oh, maybe you can each have your own weapon. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact details on that. Um, but, but she doesn't have to like hunt with one person for the whole season. Like she can kind of switch off who are, who her hunter is. I think it has to be someone that's 21 and over. And, uh, so if my mom wanted to take her out, as long as she has a tag and she's like an active legal hunter with that tag, Jordan could go out and shoot her animal for her. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm sure we'll let her do that. One of us in the family will let her do that. My mom and dad and Brad and I both are here in town and we all hunt. So I'm sure that I'm not sure which buck she'll shoot, but I'd, I'd be okay if she shot a deer for me. So so how much time so does she spend in the woods with you right now? Oh, not enough. She only goes out with me a couple times, like a couple times for elk season, a little bit for deer. I mean, she's, they're emerged, like totally immersed in it, but she, last year she kind of got a little nervous out in the woods. There was a couple of windy days, like really windy days. And you know, when the wind's just howling and then the, the trees creak and there's all these extra sounds. And she, I think, feels a little bit small in the big timber, like right. big in that environment. So um, she was a little nervous last year on a couple of our hikes. And one day, my mom and me and her went out on an elk hunt together, which was really fun. And she did a lot better on that hunt because she had grandma there too. And grandma's her best friend. So, <laughs> so she doesn't spend a lot of time out, but we do a lot of like shooting at home and she got her first little uh, savage rascal this year. So her own little 22. So we're really working on just like firearm safety now. And just really firearm safety is kind of where we're at right now. But she hasn't shot a rifle yet, like a big rifle. Right. That's always a little. <laughs> I don't want to throw her on one yet. She's only, she'll, she's not even quite eight. So we'll probably get to that. She'll probably shoot like a little 243 or something next, you know, next, next fall. We'll see. So how do you we'll explain see. it? How do you explain it all to to your kids? How do you? Oh, they know. <laughs> so I feel like when kids are brought up around it, like they just know, like Brad brought home a beautiful spring Chinook this morning 
you know, that he had already caught and stuff and finally brought it home and flayed it right in front of them. And they're like, oh, we're having fish for dinner. Like they just like, when you have your kids in that environment, they just know. Last, last fall, I shot my blacktail and we brought it home and we hung it in the garage and Jordan helped skin it. And then I butchered the whole thing over the next, the next day I sat down at the table and I butchered the whole buck by myself with all three kids in and out helping me. And they just, they just, they're, they're aware of it and they understand it. Well, I mean, understand is kind of loose for a three-year-old at that point, but they, they know that, oh, mommy, mommy shot a deer and this is all the, this is all of our food. You know, mommy's cutting up the meat. Oh, this look at, we're having burgers. Oh, this is the meat from the deer. So as far as like taking the life from the animal and in that type of thinking, I don't think that they really go down that road, the twins, but Jordan understands it. Right. That's what I And um, yeah, that's another, uh, definitely another, uh, level, I guess. But as far as like the food, where their food comes from, they're all on that page. And Jordan has definitely been around as animals have been shot and provide, you know, and understands that they provide for our family, I think is a really key point to always, you know, hammer on for the kids. Like, and also just like the respect for the animals, I think is something that we should always hammer on, you know, when we're passing it on to our kids, how we always try to make like a really good shot. So it it's fast and how thankful we are for the animal that, you know, God provided this for our family and that we get to bring it home and it's going to feed us and nourish us. And I mean, it's really, we just have to be very <laughs> responsible about how we how we teach it to our kids. So presentation and all. Yeah, absolutely. It's how we present it. Mm -hmm. So they'll understand what's Jordan's take. Has she, is she more inquisitive now at her age than she was? Well, of course, you know, early on that almost sounds stupid. She's she's a smart cookie. She knows, she knows she's excited. I mean, she says, Oh, I can't like, she always makes comments out of the blue. Like, like, oh, I'm going to go hunting, you know, even though like this last fall elk hunting, and I'm like, you were a little chicken in the woods thinking <laughs> in, in the back. But then she'll tell someone, she's like, I'm going to shoot a deer next year, you know, like kind of like showing off that she gets to do that. So I know she'll be, she'll be excited when she gets to, she'll be ready. So yeah. Cause that was one of the challenges for me with mine was, you know, all is getting them to understand it. Um, and then later on you're fighting all the distractions right as they get to that that those teenage years I mean, mm-hmm. that to me at least was where the challenge was at my daughter she'd go out to the woods you know she couldn't pull the trigger um first time mm. i had an animal in her sights she had tears in her eyes she looked up at me and I just said, put the safety on you're good yeah you know, yeah totally your choice but the distractions uh-huh. and trying to keep them learning and appreciating and getting the value not just from hunting but the outdoors mm-hmm. that's a that's an uphill battle that is mm-hmm. an uphill battle yeah and there's a lot of distractions nowadays for kids i feel like more so than even when i was a kid you know before it was just like what are what are my friends doing on the weekend that i'm gonna miss am i gonna miss like a dance competition if i go hunting and stuff like that now it's like there's a whole nother can of worms oh, God. Uh, for kids and struggles <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you've just been through it actually oh my god it's <laughs> crazy it provided some insight no yeah it, um, no it's cra- it is crazy 
It is. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. And I'm thankful that I don't have teenagers yet, but I, oh, it's coming. I can only <laughs> imagine. I mean, I can think of what I went through and I, I, I tell you what, cell phones and social media have changed everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> they have changed everything for kids. She's already asking me for a phone. I'm like, you've got to, like, no, like I will not. Oh, but so-and-so has phones and this girl and all my friends have phones. I'm like, you're in second grade. You do not get a phone. Well, like, you go, you go eat and you'll see a three or yeah. four year old with a, with an iPad pro. Yeah. And they know how like, to use it. They know how to use it's it. It's crazy. It's the crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I can barely do, I can barely do what this kid is doing on this thing. I know. Jordan knows her way around an iPad. Like nobody's business. Oh, they just like, and they use them in school and stuff. I mean, it's just a different world and they know how to access things now. I mean, this is totally going off on a tangent, but like they can get into some really horrible things. If you're not paying attention to what your kids are doing on a phone, on the internet, there are hor- there are people out there trying to get access to your children and talk to them. And you have to be so aware as a parent, like to be on guard against bad things nowadays, you know, I'm going to put those par- parental controls on that. You've got to, <laughs> you got to pay, you got to pay attention. Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to read gonna, their text messages. <laughs> I'm going to say that I think that they know how to, bump most of the stuff that we try to do <laughs> oh gosh yeah i had a, I I had a guest on uh brandon and he said that uh that his wife has some kind of program where she could just shut their phones down from hers boom you're done <laughs> wow yeah, that's amazing like, yeah i was like oh well, there you go yeah but yeah, yeah i'm sure scary. they'll always be things like that i know it's just there's so many distractions in the world now and the thing i really like about the outdoors is that half the time you get outdoors and you don't have cell service. So that's great, right? They're instantly taking that away from, from yourself also, not just a kid. Like it just, you just get disconnected from the crap and you connect with the land and you connect with the sounds of the outdoors and the pine cones falling and every stick break. And like, there's just so much you absorb when you're oh, out in the goodness. woods. It's like all your senses turn on, mm, you know, everything comes like to life. you're listening. Everything comes to life when you're, not looking at a phone when you're not distracted by a conversation when it's just you in the mountains in the woods like everything turns on it's so cool yeah so hopefully that. they feel that you know right and that's in, that's hugely important right i mean instead of looking at the daggone phone all the time i hate saying that because i i'm getting up i know because we're on it right right yeah but i'm <laughs> i'm getting a little bit older right i'm i'm hitting mm-hmm. you know hitting my uh i don't know middle ground i guess I don't know, something uh-huh. like that. Where, where I'm climbing. We're just going to say I'm climbing. I like, I like middle ground. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, hey, climbing's better than falling down the other side. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> um, but the, the appreciation of, you know, a sunrise, a sunset, the fog, you know, mm-hmm. just sticking to the top of the mountain. I mean, that, that stuff is just, it's so amazing. And it's like, you know, Turn that damn yeah. thing off for a minute and just mm-hmm. experience Like, look what's this. in front of you. Yeah. Look what's in front of you. Like, the feeling of, like, hiking to the top of a ridge or something that you looked at and were like, wow, that's so far away. That's going to be impossible to get up. Like, you just know that's going to be torture going up. And then by the time you finally get to the top and the, the view you get, it's like, wow. Like, oh, I don't know how many times I feel that way when I'm out bear hunting because the country's so big and like so steep. It's so steep. Every ridge is so high and every canyon is so deep. 
And it's like, you have this thought over and over. Oh God, if I shoot a bear there, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh God. Like, you know, and it's, but it's, it's really those places that make you go like, wow. Like, and it makes you think outside of yourself. Like it makes you feel oh, not in a bad way, but it makes you feel really small and it makes the world feel really, really big, big that's and the magnificent. It's the yeah, best feeling. It's agreed. It's really cool. I love when I get that feeling and when I'm just like, wow, like look at what's in front of me. Like I get to see this right now. This is so cool. And it just makes your little tiny squabbly problems kind of just feel like so minuscule. Yeah. Be like, and it just, you just see the beauty of what, of the creation in front of you. And, you know, if we can get our, if we can invest in our kids and get them those moments where they feel that, that like, wow moment, like this is so beautiful. I think those are kind of the things that help like, you know, those are the things that like hook you, right. like grab you on. onto your soul. <laughs> that's well, yeah. that's the and memories I, with your dad that are hitting your heart right now. Come yeah. full circle, right? I mean, those, you know, totally. And not to mention totally. you look at, you look at that Ridge and you go, Oh my God, look at that climb. But by the time you mm -hmm. get to the top of that ridge, I mean, just the, just the self-satisfaction, like I just kicked my butt and made it up here. I didn't think I was going to make it. Passing yeah. that stuff to them and getting them to understand, like, do you realize mm -hmm. what you just climbed, right? What, you know, 2,000, 3,000 foot of elevation and, you know, a mile or so. Um, yeah, absolutely. Deal, right? It is. It's fulfilling. And, and like, take a child and take an adult, take anyone, and you get that feeling of accomplishment. And you, because you worked hard for it. I worked hard. I put in the work. I hiked hard. I sweated. I got to the top. And this is my reward. You know, there's just a lot of value in that, I think. So. Cool. I love it. Um, I love it. So back Good. to, back to, I think we were talking about future honey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say future of hunting is just like a, it's just meant to like inspire people to get their kids outdoors and do it, you know? So how do we, all. What what's the end goal outside of just the inspiration? Is there a, the end a, goal? That's such a good question. A number? Um, so or how are you, how are just, you gauging its success? I don't know. <laughs> it's one day, it's one, one day, day at, at a time. time. <laughs> so, you know, forever I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast, right? Like I'm going to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, like the last month I've kind of been like, and I recorded one. We did a live, uh, a live stream with my friend Ray and his son, Andrew. It was really fun. And we put the audio up and well, he did the YouTube footage for it on his, uh, web channel Pacific giants. And I just love those guys. They're just great people, great ethics, great hunters. And, um, Anyways, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. They were going to be my first episode. And then lately I've just been, I've kind of been like, do I really want to do a podcast? I've been thinking about doing live interviews with people, with parents and, and their kids, like Facebook lives, split screen stuff. So I can have the kids talk with their parents. Cause I think there's really something special about having kids, you know, first time hunters getting their reactions and stuff with their parents. So I'm really just tossing around ideas right now it's kind of been um on pause for the last couple months but right now i'm kind of on a bouncing around ideas transitional period i mean i'm still doing the shirts but as far as where it's going i'm not a hundred percent sure as to tell you this is what i'm doing next <laughs> so um 
I just designed a really awesome logo today that I've been trying to design for like the last year. <laughs> and today I finally came up with a logo that I'm like completely sold on. Nice. So I sent it to all my girlfriends and I'm like, I finally designed one that I like, you know, cause I do it all by myself. I learn as I go. I learn the programs. I don't hire anything out. And, um, so that's a really big step for me because I feel like that was kind of hindering me. Like if I want to move forward and be really professional and get this out there, I need a stupid logo. And now I feel like I finally found one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of baby steps and it's just evolving as it goes. But I've just had, I've met so many people through all this and had so much support. And I have so many parents message me all the time about or send me photos. Oh, my kid shot a turkey today or this or that. Like, it's just so cool. So I'm really excited to see kind of where we can take it as kind of a hunting community together. And it's just, it, I do it all for fun. It's not like there's really any end monetary end goal, you know, like it's just, it's all for fun. It's all because I'm passionate about it and I enjoy doing it and I enjoy the people I meet along the way. And I just think it's important to kind of, um, be a voice that is supportive of passing it on. So, so, so you said something there, you said you sent it out to all your girlfriends, mm -hmm. but it's pretty important to get the men <laughs> yeah. along the same line. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So, well, I have this girl chat right now because we're going on a Turkey hunt at the end of May. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going on this big Turkey hunt. And I'm like, you guys, anyways, I just send it to them because we we talk every day about shooting turkeys. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I've just, the part of the thing with the logo, I wanted something that was clean, that was easily, and this is the nitty gritty stuff, something that was clean, something that like I would want to wear, that a kid would want to wear, that I could put on hats, that I could put on shirts, that I could like water stamp over, you know, stamp on photos that I could have a solid background on it, something that I could edit something that maybe I could switch out the animal image on it, you know, all these little things. And I right. finally came up with one that it's just clean and simple and kind of modern. And it looks different than everybody else's. And, um, yeah, I'm really touched, excited about it. Yeah. It, touched it your, just fit. Yeah. It touched your passion. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. Finally, finally balanced the scale out. It finally clicked. So I'm really excited because yeah, it just took me a really long time. So yeah so with, with what you just said i don't even know if i should go into the next one so organizations and partners are there anyone that that you're working with outside of raise them outdoors that um you know i have a lot of people that have kind of supported me over the last uh the last like let's just talk about instagram because that's the main everything where i main outlet where I share stuff. Facebook is just hard for me to get on board with. Um, <laughs> it's like on the back burner, yeah. like every once in a while I'll throw a post on the Facebook page. I just can't, I don't have time to like be there and post over multiple outlets. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, but I've had a lot of, uh, supportive people over the last couple of years reach out to me and kind of, you know, want me to use their products or, um, and, share about them or be on pro staffs or whatever you want to call it. Like I'm not a prof professional hunter by any means, what is um, that? but it's just, wait a minute. Hold on. I'll back you up. What, what is that? Pro, pro staff, <laughs> promotional staff. There, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
promotional stuff. <laughs> we all know that. Um, but it's funny because like my husband's like, really? That company reached out to you? I'm like, Brad, you have to think of this from an advertise from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> not from, you know, <laughs> anyways. Um, but like WorkSharp has been really awesome. I've made really good relationships with WorkSharp and they are really supportive of, you know, getting kids involved and they want me to do some, you know, videos, getting the kids involved with butchering and, and using the products and teaching safe knife handling, stuff like that. Uh, Mountain Ops has been really great over the last couple of years. Um, I just started as a social media influencer with Savage Outdoors. So oh, nice. they've been um, amazing. So they've sent me my 300 win mag this year that I'm hunting with. And then Loophole Optics has been amazing. Oh, if uh, I was Brad, I'd be saying, they just sent you that too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Loophole Loophole has been pretty phenomenal and I'm really looking forward to some stuff coming up uh, in partnership with them. But like Savage, once I started shooting their uh, long range hunter, they were like, Hey, how are the kids doing? Like, how's Jordan? Does she need a gun? Like, let's get her a rascal. Like, can you start, you know, sharing some information about, you know, getting kids shooting and safe shooting habits. So a lot of the things I'm doing are because of these uh, other businesses that have contacted me and wanted to be a part of, you know, getting the kids out. So, um, so I do have some really great partners that way. Humorex air guns sent me air guns for Jordan to start learning to shoot on like a year ago, which was really cool. Um, cause she'd only shot BB guns before that. But, um, yeah, I'm really lucky that the people that have reached out to me that I've kind of created relationships with have done so. And I think that there's going to be some really amazing things coming up in the next year with a couple of them. So yeah, I'm pretty awesome excited. <laughs> I mean, outside of right. I just, you know, poked fun at it, right. The pro staff thing. Cause you hear it all the time, yeah. but, but that's know, pretty important ridiculous. for those, for those companies to get behind what you're trying to do and say, Hey, this is, this is important work. Well, women, women and children are just really important. I mean, in the outdoors right now, that, that, that group right there. I mean, the men have always been the hunters traditionally. Right. And so the women are booming right oh, now. Yeah. There's all these women, ladies hunting camps, which I've like the Oregon one. I love that one. I went to it a few years ago. I'm probably going to go volunteer at it this year. Like there's so many groups for women now. And so, um, when these companies see people like myself trying to reach kids or women, it's a good opportunity for them to you know, maybe partner with me and hopefully reach those audiences. So, um, it's really fun. It's, and it's, I'm learning as I go, like <laughs> learning everything, but I'm just really, really have been blessed with the people and the relationships that I've, um, started to create. And I'm excited to see where that goes in 2019. <laughs> and that's the best. I mean, really, that is the best part of all of it, right? Is that networking? Mm -hmm. I mean, for me with this yeah. podcast, just being able to talk to, you know, you and, and just the amazing people that I've talked to, we're, as hunters, we're a pretty badass group. I'd like to think so, <laughs> right? Like I've group. never gone on a podcast with someone and been like, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. I don't know if I'd like that person. Like never. Yeah, like it's you, you can relate to them. You can relate to people so fast over hunting there's just this like common bond and community that it's really cool. Yeah. It is amazing. I absolutely, I record a lot, a lot. And, uh, mm -hmm. I never, I never go, Oh, I got to go record. Right. It's never, that's never the reaction. It's like, Oh, what am I going to hear? You know, what am I going to hear this time? 
right? Two, I, yeah, I think, they're always fun. Oh my goodness. It's just a blast. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's just this connection between people. People that hunt, there is definitely a connection. You tell one story and it's like everybody likes to share hunting stories. Everybody likes to hear hunting stories. It's just, there's nothing like it. Nothing. It's great. It's like an instant, instant community. That's a, I did an episode, actually just dropped it today. I recorded it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monday night with uh, Jackson Adams. If you get a chance, listen See to that. See that young guy? Oh, goodness. This kid is. Is that who it is? Oh, it's my the kid, goodness. Right? This kid is yeah, 17 years old and is a absolute stud. Well-spoken. Oh, cool. Just. Mm-hmm just a passionate drive for just being outdoors. And and he's at 17 talking about the camaraderie and the values in hunting and what he sees in it and valuing the time that he has with his dad when they started and his grandfather. And it was just, Mm, that's so special. Yeah. I was ear to ear for almost Mm. two hours. It was just amazing. (laughs) Great. You know, so that's great. 17 years old. And I was just like, if Mm -hmm. this, if this dude is the future of hunting mm-hmm. there's uh, that was a plug that's so cool <laughs> um, yeah i like it <laughs> we are absolutely in a good spot absolutely yeah. in a good spot it was i'll just, have to give it a listen yeah. i just saw that you posted that yeah just an amazing amazing young man made me feel really now, was, really good so was he partnering up with kong valley did i see so he is he is one of kong valley's or their only youth ambassador I love those guys, by the way. They're awesome. They're good people. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We fell in line. and the, uh, <laughs> That's cool. The amazing group of uh So you started, and then they started, and then you kind of, like, combined forces, right? Yeah, so what happened was they they actually started their – thing last I think it was August or September I didn't I Mm -hmm. said I'm gonna start a podcast it was like December 1st then I heard Jonathan on a podcast and uh I was like man there's so much more to this dude so I reached Mm -hmm. out to him we started talking and then it was just a a tailspin I go hey let's let's do more right we're kind of in line that's cool I like what you guys are Mm -hmm. doing right you're talking about the community and the experience and you know Mm -hmm. let's roll with something so it just it just kind of clicked it's been fun um cool you know good group of good group of people and they're reaching wow their reach is pretty crazy i mean it's a consider yeah it is how long they've been after it i mean it's it's insane i mean these, well these, they're doing a really good job like they're being consistent like i was having a conversation with jonathan i don't know or a message you know not an actual conversation about just the brands and stuff in kong valley and and just the grind that it takes to oh, like be consistent, to be consistent, to always have material. Their story's always full. It's always talking about new product. I mean, it is on point. Granted, they have like a team of people that are really, army. you know, on it. But he, like an army. But like he, they are just drilling it. And yeah. it shows. It's really cool. But I was just applauding them for like their hard work because, uh yeah, it takes a lot of work when you have a family and a job and you want to go hunting yourself and you have, I mean, it's like a grind. Oh, I, yeah. You don't, you stay up late, you get up early, you do the things that you wouldn't, that you don't always want to do to make it happen. And they're doing, they're doing a really good job at that. And I wish that I could keep up with what they're doing. 
I don't <laughs> know if I, I don't know if I'd, uh, <laughs> if I'd want to, cause that, yeah, some of the, I mean, they're, like they, you said, every day, all day, just pushing. Oof, they inspire me. Mm-hmm. It's about all I'm going to say just, about that. In, inspiration is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like a second and third oh. unpaid job. I know it is. It takes that much time. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that much right now. I have four-year-old twins, but we'll see. But it's a great, I mean, it's a great message, right? And and I really do appreciate the energy that they're putting oh. into that message. I mean, that is, that is huge. Absolutely. I am right there with you. Happy to have mm-hmm. them as a partner on this. Yeah, it's really cool. So, um, so what, what should we be looking out for outside the logo coming up? Oh, exciting business, huh? So, uh, future hunting, gonna drop a logo soon. Excited for that. I hope to kind of start to go to some more like events and kind of represent future of hunting. And I really want to start interviewing people and their kids about hunts and stuff. That's really at the top of my list. Um, and getting those streamed and getting them put on YouTube or whatever social channels and, uh, getting the, the faces and the stories from people and talking to people about hunting products for kids and camo and kid products and kid guns and kid bows. And like, I want it to be a resource for people, you know, when they're about to get their kids starting. So hopefully all video footage of all that kind of stuff, nice. um, interviews online and, um, or in person. Cause I'm going to a lot of events this summer and tons of raise them outdoors camp, ladies hunting camp, Northwest or the Northwest mountain challenge. Oh, you'll be at Hoodoo. Oh, there's more. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll see you there. We'll be there. Me and my wife. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, so fun. There. You're coming up. Yeah. yeah we were we there last, last year, year and for... absolutely loved it. I didn't know that. I was there for like a two days last year. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We brought Jordan, um, but we'll be there again. So that's cool. And I have a ton of, I'm, we all know everybody, but a ton of people are going up to that. So that'll be a blast. Um, what else is going on? Yeah. But I hope to kind of just, I won't have like booths or anything and that kind of stuff. I just want to go enjoy it, but I hope to like record, record some stuff with people while we're there and just network and uh, hopefully get some recordings done for sure. Some interviews at all of those types of events. So that's kind of my goal with future of hunting this summer. So I hope so. Hope it all works out and figure out how to use all these cameras and all that techie <laughs> stuff that I, yeah. that I hate dealing with. <laughs> I was uploading an episode last night and I was almost in grown man tears because I was having issues and I was freaking out and oh, my wife's oh. on the couch. So she'll start Googling, do this, do this, do this. And I'm getting pissed. <laughs> the text. Exactly. Is, oh my goodness. I know I'm not a techie person. I want to go to like, I want to learn more so bad. I want to go to film school. I want to go take a class at the community college on it. You know, you can take a class once a week for like nothing, you know, for 80 bucks for these non-credited classes, you know? And I'm just like, but where's the time? (laughs) Where's the time? But I really want to get more into doing some filming and stuff and interviews with people and getting them posted. So hopefully that'll be coming in the next couple months for future of hunting. I would look forward to that one. That'll yeah, that'll definitely just, open some open some doors and hopefully get people uh, that aren't really looking at it looking at it. Yeah, totally. I hope so. I hope so. So we'll see. One of the things that I touch on in every episode is I call it the conservation quick slash future oh. of hunting. So you have a little mm-hmm. plug in here, and I didn't realize until right now, and I'm looking at future of hunting, and then mm-hmm. so anyhow, your choice. 
uh, mm-hmm. a one to two minute spiel of the importance of those two subjects. Of either of the two subjects? Yeah, your choice. I feel like I feel like I've already talked about this. <laughs> okay. Hit, the future wait, yeah. Well, the future <laughs> of hunting. Else? Okay. Go concert. <laughs> go conservation. Go conservation. Uh, one or two minute spiel about conservation. To who? To, to the importance of conservation. What, yeah. What should we, not just to hunters. I mean, what should we be doing? What, uh, the importance of boots mm. on the ground? Are we donating? Is that enough? Mm, well, I think some of the main things, I mean, obviously we're already as sportsmen, we are already contributing financially by our tags and our licenses and all the money that we spend to be able to hunt. A huge chunk of that is going back to our animals. So we need to be continue to do that to uh make sure that we have the ability to hunt on the ground for years and years to come but also another aspect of i think conservation is being being good stewards of the land and being good examples and ambassadors for the hunting community so that our message travels you know smoothly and respectfully to those that don't hunt and that hopefully we can you know, share our experience with others around us and in a positive light and hopefully, you know, change some of those minds or gain another hunter by our actions and our communications with them. So really, I think putting our best foot forward and just being good stewards of the land, being good ethical hunters and having conversations with people and hopefully flipping some minds for some people and adding another hunting, adding another hunter to the pool. So awesome. that's my... My spiel on that. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's what we're looking yeah. for. So anything cool. in closing that you want to get out there? Anything uh, that I didn't bring up or anything I mean, we missed? I think we did pretty good. Well, I think we talked about most of everything. Hunting this next year. Got a, I got a all-girl turkey hunt coming up at the end of May that I'm really excited about. I'm going with four other girls from Oregon. And I've never turkey hunted. I told you I've never. I didn't grow up turkey hunting. So. Savage Savage actually sent me a really sweet 220 turkey gun to take on my first turkey trip. So I'm going to go down there and we're going to we're going to hunt for 3 days. I think it's over the holiday weekend and we're going to hunt a bunch of land down in southern Oregon and I'm going to be probably recording a ton of it because <laughs> I think it I think it's going to be a hoot with all these women oh, out there on on a turkey hunt together and like one of the places we're going is it a vineyard? How cool is that? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we know that's going to turn into a wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might. But we no, can only that's bow a, hunt. That's <laughs> a guarantee. That, there's no might in it. We'll have to do that one at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but that one, we're only bow hunting at, at that location. They don't want shotgun blasts on the vineyard. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's like an upcoming hunt. But. I don't know. Hopefully we'll go out and take a bear pretty soon. And, and, uh, yeah, I'll just keep sharing our, my adventures and with the family and with all you guys, but that's, awesome. that's about all I got right now. Good deal. That's, that's plenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I appreciate your time. Like I said, at the beginning, I'm, I'm, was super excited to finally get uh, to record with you and get this out. Oh, there. I'm sorry it took so long. Oh no, life is life, life is, is uh, complicated. Yeah, <laughs> way more important than spending an hour or two with some random podcast a hole. Oh, it's oh, it's fun though. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you uh, 
still wanting me to come on because oh, I yeah. know that it didn't work out the first no, time. So I appreciate happens. you being fle- flexible. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was, I was looking forward to it. So like I said, I, cool. I'm a hundred percent behind what you're doing. I appreciate it. I love seeing it. So. Thank you so much. And I am supportive of you too. Anybody out there just putting in the work, you know, it's awesome to see. Wonderful. Well, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll get to see you up at Hoodoo. Oh, I can't wait. Shaking yeah. If you see awesome. me, come say hi, because so many times I see people or people see me and then, you know, you have these awkward interactions when you finally <laughs> see people. I don't know about you, but this has happened to me so many times. You have these awkward interactions when you finally meet people for the first time because you're so used to communicating on social media or you only know people's like internet They're, handles yeah, that's what and I was not their say. real. That's the like, weird oh, one. you're, you're like Hunter Northwest 23, but yeah. you don't know their name <laughs> or whatever it is. And so you feel awkward going up and introducing yourself to them. Like, Shout out to the entire hunting community. Don't do that. Like if you see somebody that you know online or you follow or they follow you or you've seen their posts, go up and introduce yourself and talk to them. Yeah. It will be so awesome. I like, I love when, I love when people do that because that's where like real, you know, connection starts. Oh yeah. So that's where you start the real friendship there. So yeah. I can't wait to see you guys up at Hoodoo. Yeah. It'll be a blast. Well, I'll let you get back to the family there. Again, I appreciate your time greatly. It was great speaking with you. You too. So much fun. You have an awesome night. You too. Thank you. You can catch up with Taryn on Instagram at futureofhunting underscore Taryn or www.futureofhunting.net. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hi, this is Weston Jenkins with Disabled Outdoorsman founder of an organization where we choose and let individuals come in the outdoors. We have many people across the nation that refuse to give up and our brand is going to represent them and now you can too. You can go to our website at www.disabledoutdoorsman.com or you can find us on Instagram at disabledoutdoorsmanusa. We want you to be a part of the cause with us and let's make a difference one day at a time.